when does quantity outweigh difficulty, right? Because like, like you said, everyone would agree that a straight back handspring up is more difficult than a leg up inversion. But when does having six of them with only two people underneath the stunt outweigh the more you know difficult stunt? Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be nice to have a system that laid it out and showed you? Oh, it's called a code of points. Yeah, but my my problem with that is when does how does code of points figure that out? It was math. That, that's what I'm saying. It's able to set a scale. You would that's what a code does. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life. And we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up, you tuning in to Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 53. Not sure if there's going to be a 54, but thank you for joining. Today, you guys are in for a treat. In the industry, there seems to be a grassroots movement to introduce a new system of scoring. Well, it's an old system of scoring, but a new system to cheerleading. Introduce uh, a code of point system into all-star cheerleading. So what is code of points, you ask? Well, code of points, instead of the judges kind of having their own personal opinion on how to award a team's you know difficulty in essence that would already be predetermined you'd already know exactly what your difficulty score would be in you know x categories right sounds great but not everyone thinks that's the solution that could be practically implemented so today i have invited three industry leaders to talk and debate the pros and cons of using a code of points system so stay tuned and feel free let me know your thoughts on the current score sheet let me know your thoughts on using a code of point system we would love to hear from you if you're new, I really appreciate you checking out the show. I'm just a coach, a cheer director, and you guys choose to listen to me and you know listen to my opinion, so I really, really appreciate that. If you haven't done so already, definitely subscribe, and sharing this with a friend would mean a ton. Also, on the episodes that don't feature an interview, we have the question of the week. So if you have a question for me that you want answered on the show, all you have to do, DM me on uh, Instagram at Jason Larkins, and uh, I love getting and answering all your questions. Maybe you'll hear your question answered on a future episode, but enough about the question of the week. Let's hop into that debate. Without further ado, let's talk code of points. All right, here we are. Code of points like I've been talking about for these last couple of weeks. Excited that the day is finally here. Let's hop straight into this we are talking Coda Points, and we have a great panel for you guys. So I'm going to start off by introducing everyone. We have Craig Hallmark, who's been in the game, judging, safety review judge for over 20 years, does some high school choreography, some high school camps, owned a gym for several years. So Craig, anything you want to say to the people? Oh, happy to be here. There we go. Glad to have you. We have the one, the only, Shaquem Sones from Let's Go Rays from the Stingray All-Stars. So uh, Shaquem. Glad to have you on the show. You're going to be talking code of points with, or actually, you're against code of points. You're going to be talking about why we shouldn't implement code of points. So, uh, Shakim, you got anything you want to say to the people right now? Uh, no, just thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here, and you know, I, I respect all you guys. So, I'm, I'm excited to share the space with you guys. 
We'll see if that respect lasts after the show, after we get done. <laughs> because our next guy is a bulldog. I'm sure you have seen him yeah. on the boards. He has been promoting Code of Points for as long as I've known him. Actually, that's not true. But for a very long time, we have the one, the only Shay Crawford, uh, Tumbling Director at Brandon All-Star. So, Shay, glad they have you on. Glad we got to get this thing going. What, what do you got? Anything you want to start off by saying? No, I appreciate you uh, taking the opportunity for us to chat. There's a lot of different sides to this. Uh, and, it, it, you know, we all want to better the industry. So I think that's why we're here. Yeah, for sure. So, and, and I'll start off with this because you mentioned that right there, that we want to better the industry. I, I'm i a Coach Wooden fan. And so if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you know that. But I'm a Coach Wooden fan and Coach Wooden coached basketball at UCLA for for several, several years, and, you know, in my opinion, the greatest uh, coach of all time. And he has this one quote that says, a lot can get accomplished if you don't care who gets the credit. And, oh, that's a quote of the week. I haven't done a quote of the week in a very long time. So that's a quote of the week. A lot can get accomplished if you don't care who gets the credit. So really what I want is for us to come up, it seems we have some differing opinions on Code of Point sitting on this panel right now. And so what I want is for everyone to be able to speak their mind, show and say, hey, why you think Coda Points works, why you think Coda Points won't work. And I think that somewhere in there, this this podcast, this information in this podcast could be really informative and really help the trajectory uh, for the industry. So without further ado, I'm going to try to stay neutral, as neutral as possible, and just kind of moderate. Um, we have Craig and Shaquem who are for against, who are against Coda Points. And as I said earlier, Shay is for Coda Points. And so um, are you guys ready to hop into get to some of these questions, let you guys speak and not me? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, let's do this. So I want to start off by establishing kind of a baseline for, for the rest of the day. Uh, a lot of times we are using different definitions for different words. So I want to make sure that we are all on the same page when it comes to what exactly we are talking about. So we'll start with, we'll start with Craig. Why not? We'll start with Craig. Uh, Craig, tell me what, uh, what is the job of the score sheet in your opinion? Um, in my opinion, the job of the score sheet is to, um, score the team that's in front of you, um, score what is being seen and to give feedback on the technique and the skills that are done on the floor to rank the teams at the competition. There we go. Good stuff. And you know what? I just thought about this. Let me, I'm going to set the tone one more time. Um, There has been heated debate about the score sheet. It's one of the most talked about things in the industry right now is the score sheet. Uh, the, The score sheet, you know, there's lots of people say the score sheet just doesn't work. And every week, you know, all of us get on ASG or whatever coaches, um, you know, pages we're on. And people are complaining about scores and rankings and and this and, and inconsistencies. And it, it really is. And, and because scores are such a vital part of the sport, like getting, you know, the scores right. You know, it's been brought up a lot that we should change to a, a code of points system. So we have this episode today to really talk about those different things. So anyway. Sorry about that. Uh, Shaquem, let's hear from you. What do you think the job of the score sheet is? Job of the score sheet. I mean, I think it's, like Craig said, definitely about feedback for technique and difficulty. I mean, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, what matters most in cheerleading? The score sheet defines that. And once you can figure out what matters in these routines, then you can uh, give, you know, well, how much does this matter versus the other thing? 
um, in terms of segments on the score sheet. So what matters most? How do we award teams for doing a better job? Or, you know, how do you take away points if they're not doing a great job? And then um, from there, just, you know, each team kind of has an idea of what they need to work on. Yeah. But the job of the score sheet is to, you know, um, say what matters, I think. Yeah. All right. So Shaquem and Craig kind of said about the same thing, right? Uh, trying to get feedback to the team. And you can stop me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, to get feedback to the teams about what matters. And then Craig, you also added, you know, for placements, actually get the teams correct, right? What matters, what doesn't matter. And now Shay, give me your opinion. What is the defi- definition, the, um, the job of the score sheet? I, you know, I really think it depends on the time of season, you know, um, mm-hmm. on what I prioritize. If it's early in the season, the feedback is a higher priority to me than the rankings. As I get to the larger events, rankings becomes more of a priority. And at the end of the season, rankings is really the only thing I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think early in the season, you know, if I'm looking at a one day or a smaller two day or a local event, um, the feedback is important. But ultimately for me, I think the job of the score sheet in our industry as it sits now is to prepare my program or my team for the end of, to do the best they can at the end of the season event. And that's where, um, you know, I think throughout the season, a code of points is fantastic. I think the only place a comparative system works is at a final event. Like no event happening after this. This is when comparative works best. Um, so that's, that's my opinion. There we go. And, and I'll, you know, I said I was going to stay neutral, but I guess I'll, I'll answer the question. Why not? Um, but yeah, I, I feel – I actually think that was a really good answer, Shay. I went after you said it because usually I'm pretty firm on the job of the score sheet is to get the, the rankings correct, right? We want to know who's in first, who's in second, who's in third. We want to know who the best is and, and filter them from there. But as you said it, I know practically, after you said it, practically you are correct. At our first one-day events, I don't I personally don't care about um placements as much as I care about feedback, right? I care that, you know, I, I, I get an understanding like, oh, am I in range for this? Or is this gonna score the way I'm hoping it scores? And then as we get to our, our latter events, I'm really trying to use the score sheet to make sure that we get the, the correct placements, right? So anyway, good point, Shay. Shay gets a point. <laughs> Guys, I've never hosted a debate before, so we're going to see how this goes. All right, so Shay, we're going to start with you. What is the biggest problem with the current score sheet, and how do you think that a code of points will – oh, sorry, sorry. I skipped. I totally skipped the question. Shay, what is the code of points? In your opinion, what is code of points? Let's go on the same page about that. What do you think code of points is in your in your mind? A code of points, and you look at other sports that implement it, um, a code of points is defining a skills value, or it could be used in a specific deduction value. So a backhand spring is worth 0.1, or a back two, two backhand springs, 0.2. So it gives a scale to a skills value um, and could be you know utilized there. Also could be deductions, deduction-based. So a bent leg is negative 0.1 uh flex foot is a negative 0.1 and then those could be combined to a setup there there's a there's a thousand different ways it could be utilized but in 
layman's terms, the most general form of it, a code of points sets a value for a skill. Gotcha. Okay. So now what, so now I want, I want to stick with you for a little bit, Shay, then we'll hop over to our other guests. So with that being said, what do you think the biggest problem with the current score sheet is and how would a code of points solve it? I think the biggest issue that I run into and that I see week to week is fluctuating of scores. So I did this pyramid and I scored a three and then I did the same pyramid the next weekend and I score a four and then I do the same pyramid the next weekend and I get a 3.5 and it's just, you have no idea what to do as a coach. Um, I ran into the situation personally. I'll, I'll speak from a personal experience. This season, I had a U3 team. And at the first event of the season, in our running tournament, we scored a 3.6 in difficulty. Um, we looked at the routine. We looked at the teams we were competing against. And we added some elements. So the next week, next event, we scored a 3.8. So we were on the right track. We were adding skills. We felt like we were on the right, right path. So we wanted to continue to push and continue to improve. We added some more elements. And then the third weekend, we scored a 3.6 again. So I don't yep. understand. You know, so it's very misleading. There's a lot of variables that go into that. I'm fully aware. However, a code of points would solve that problem and would allow coaches to look at their routines, look at the code, or look at the scale and see if I add this, you know, it goes this way. If I do this, it goes that way. I also believe too that if you're going to give me as a coach a blueprint for skill difficulty, and I, and I think, I think where we are in the industry too, I think a code only works currently for skill difficulty. I don't think we're where it needs a code for you know, I don't think we're ready or prepared for a code for dance or a code for overall or things like that. I think um, if skill difficulty provided one, I think it could work that way. Um, you know, to me, you know, and, I, and I've said this when talking to people about where we are is currently, let's say, you know, let's use that same scenario. I got a 3.6. Why? What, what did I do to get a 3.6? You know, oh, you did this percentage of this. You did this percentage of that. You did this scale of difficulty for this, this scale of difficulty for that. Based on our graph, you're right here. Cool. I get it. So then I'm able to so I say, my, let me back up. If we're given more difficulty uh, path blueprint, then I believe technique should open up in the range so that, you know, okay, you're telling me what I can do to max out. That's what everybody wants to do. They want to max out. But if I'm going to max out, then I feel the technique should hammer them. I mean, you should get hammered on technique so that maybe I look and if I'm going against Craig and Craig gets a four in tech in difficulty, but he gets a, three, three in technique. Well, maybe it's smarter for me to get a three, eight in difficulty, but also a three, seven or a three, eight in technique so that I'm able to be more competitive against Craig. So maybe yeah. I don't do that, that level of difficulty, but it's something that I can execute better. So that's, that's where I believe that it would most benefit our industry. There we go. So, and I think you, you, you started off saying this, that, you know, coaches are frustrated with your example. I score, I do it, I get a three, six at one competition. I look at my competition, you know, who I competed against, what they did. We add in some new skills. We get a three, eight. 
awesome. We go to the very next competition and now we get a three, six. And I think all coaches are, are frustrated with that and that what they want, all of us want are consistent scores from week to week. So we understand how to put our, our athletes in the, the best position to win, right. <clears throat> or to score as high as possible. Now, <clears throat> although we say that a code of points would solve that, um, We'll start with uh, Shaquem. What do you think? What do you think the biggest issues with code of points is? Because that sounds good in theory, but why do you think that that is not practical, or that's something that we should not implement at least right now? Right. No, I think Shay has awesome points. Um, I, coaching in you know all star elite teams for eight years, I have the same problems. I've had the same problems. Right. Um, one of the things that I've learned is to not look at the score um, in the way that I used to, I look at it comparatively, right? So when I get a breakdown, I'll run down that stunt um, difficulty score. If I got a three, seven and no one else got a three, seven, everyone else got three, six and three, five. Then to me, that's a win, right? Um, the biggest problem I have with the code of points is um, as a, someone who watches cheerleading every day for my morning, like I get coffee, I, I watch it every day and I go back, to 2006, 2007, I go back to 2012, 14, 16, um, you know, back when we had real songs and boing sound effects, like <laughs> B-O-I-N-G, boing, like all those kind of silly things we used to do. And just the, what is considered difficult, what was groundbreaking, what was mind-blowing back then, just 10 years ago, five years ago, four years ago, was so different now. Um, I just see, I see a big problem with code of points in that sense. And obviously it would probably be a living document, but can it keep up? Um, we saw Simone Biles throw double doubles off beam and triple doubles on floor. And, you know, on the news, it was, I mean, it blew up my um, timeline, all the problems that the code of points had not awarding her the actual points that she needed or that she felt she should have. And I see our sport, uh, you know, a, a thousand years younger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, floor tumbling is a lot similar in gymnastics to what we do, but our sport is, you know, ancient Greece had the Olympics and it looked a lot different, but you know, a sport that's been around for a thousand years longer is, is not evolving at the same pace as us. We're so much quicker. And I have, I have a problem with code of points being able to keep up. Um, I also have a problem with inconsistency and, and a uh, score sheet from year to year. Yeah. I think a lot of confusion comes from that too. Yeah. That's a good point about, you know, looking at cheer, you know, five, 10 years ago. Cause I, I tell this to our athletes all the time. I was on what we would consider now a world's team. You know, we have worlds back then, but you know, fulls and doubles and you know, all that stuff, but all of our stunts were straight up, right? We did straight up everything and double downs. Right. And that's all we did. And, and we won UCA that year. Like right, I remember winning UCA, and we were the hot stuff. And that routine would not be at all competitive. You know, it wasn't competitive five years later. You know, three years later after that. You know, so it's crazy how much the the game has changed. And can code of points actually keep up with that? So we'll uh, go over to Craig. What are your biggest issues with code of points? Um, my biggest concern with code of points would be to get everyone, judges, coaches, everyone educated on it. Um, mm -hmm. I find now that we've had um, safety rules and legality rules for gosh, what, 15, 17 years now, and people still don't know those as they change every two to three years. 
Um, so to keep up with a code of points and to get everybody on the same page of education on it is a huge task that I don't know that the industry is ready to tackle. And, uh, and, and so I think that the week to week scoring, um, people being frustrated with it. I, I totally understand that. I mean, I'm, I'm at AccuScore talking to coaches every weekend, 20, 25 weekends a year, and they don't understand mm -hmm. their scores and having a conversation with them and explaining their scores to them um, helps the situation a lot. But at the same time, they don't, they don't understand fully before they have the conversation. And I don't know that they retain the same information that I give them from week to week. And uh, ultimately, to me, as long as the outcome is correct, the score on the paper is it is what it is. So if you got a 3-7 this week and you got a 3-9 the next week, but you're still the first place team, you're the first place team. Yeah. All right, Shay, what do you what do you got? We got, you know, they're, they're coming at you, man. Uh, all right. So he cr cracks his knuckles. <laughs> First of all, I love that I love that uh, Shaquem brought up Simone Biles and her situation, and I think that is a perfect example of why we do need a code of points. Simone Biles' double-double dismount was deemed by the FIG as too difficult, too not too difficult, too dangerous. So what they did was they looked at that element and they devalued it. Currently, we don't have anything to set up to say, hey, you know what? Let's devalue this so that we could probably potentially limit the limit the push for it so i'll make something up let's let's say we're looking at you know 2022 we get to the end of the season event and every team out there is doing back walk over back answering that's what everybody's doing because that's getting the highest score and we look at it as an industry and it would not be shay that's looking at this but whoever is in charge of the code of points looks at that and says you know what it's getting a bit redundant it's a little too easy maybe we should devalue this from a four skill to a three nine skill so we have the control to at the end of the season you know adjust where we would deem that uh, an email just went out this week or last two weeks to all of us about looking at skills and where do we value them and you know where do we rank them in in order of difficulty not skill value but but in order and i feel like as the sport grows and as it gets uh you know as it continues to go those those skills would fluctuate in value and could could adjust we don't have that right now in our sport so i i would i agree shakim we're in a very young place however we're also leading blind in addition what if somebody comes up with a new skill if you come up with a new skill right now you're paying you know 100 bucks a kid to go into event and guess and hope that maybe you get maybe it gets you the credit that you think it deserves but it might not. So then as a coach, do I take it out for the next week or do I leave it in? Because maybe this week it didn't get value. The next week it got value. Well, I just paid, you know, thousands of dollars to get a new choreographer to come in and give me a new pyramid. And I hope that I get it right. And, and to Craig's point about, you know, like the rankings, the rankings are the important part. And as long as the, as long as the rankings are right, the score doesn't matter. That's that I completely disagree with that. And as much as I respect Craig, Craig and I have gone, Craig and I go way back, like, <laughs> you know, probably over 10 years ago, he and I sat down and discussed scores and skills and I have the utmost respect for him. But if my kids are paying a hundred dollars a kid to go to a competition, get it right. 
get it right. I don't care what I don't I don't, I don't care what I, we got a less experienced judge on the panel. We got this this person wasn't. I, I don't care. I don't get a discount. I don't like if there's a a shortage or a flaw on that end. I don't get a discount. So if I'm going to you know a competition in November, it better represent what's going to reflect in December. And if not, mm-hmm. then I want my money back. You know, and that's I know that's a an aggressive stance on that and i and i hear that like i I respect this is the first year and i have been i've probably been the most openly person about coda points but i've also been the most openly critical of judges of anybody in the industry this is the first year that i'm like you know what judges I, i i feel bad for them i genuinely do i feel bad that they're sitting on a panel and having to complete an impossible task the 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 way that they are asked to shape what the, there's too much on their plate. There's too much on their plate and there's too much that, you know, like I said, I want to know, like if right now a three eights existing and I asked that judge, why'd you give me a three eight? They, they, they have to go back and they're like, where well, are you talking about three eight technique, a three eight difficulty, a three eight and overall three eight and creativity. Like where, where are you talking about? And am I counting this skill? Am I, while I'm counting the number of skills, I'm also declaring where it ranks in the difficulty level and I'm having to come up with where that technique falls and I'm guessing and I'm hoping I get it right. There's no guideline for, I mean, there is a guideline and it is improving and I see where we were 10 years ago and what they've done. And I feel like we've come a long way. However, I'm not getting a discount while you figure it out. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like I'm your, I'm your test dummy. No, no, you don't get to use me as your guinea pig for $5,000 for two minutes and 30 seconds. I'm not going to be your guinea pig. So get it right. And to Craig's, I'm going to say one last thing to Craig's point on my, this is where I stand on AccuScore today. I used to be the person that I killed AccuScore. I killed it. I always like, I enjoy going to AccuScore to do these debates because I was like, I'm coming in hot, you know? And I I feel like I, I did a very good job in being respectful and professional. But this is where my brain changed. And I was going in, and it was my junior four, and it was standing tumbling technique. And I was sitting in line, and I had the score sheet, and I had the video freeze framed, and all, I had, had all my ammunition ready to go. And I'm standing in line, and I heard the lady in front of me say, she was debating her U2 team's standing tumbling score. And okay. she wanted to yeah. know why that her difficulty <clears throat> score was not higher because she had three athletes complete and land their standing tucks and i was like well that's what AccuScore has to listen to a lot is coaches that aren't doing their due diligence and they're not reading and they're not doing their research and they're not putting in you know shakim said he's on you know he wakes up in the morning with his coffee on his treadmill and he's watching 2010 shooting stars like dude i've seen that routine a thousand times i love it you know like I, we're, we're doing the same thing but there are, we're outnumbered. We're outnumbered by the coaches that aren't doing that. And unfortunately, those of us, like, this is my career. This is my full-time job. I don't do anything other than coach tumbling and coach cheerleading. That's what I do. And I love it. I have a passion about it. And I know the, the three other guys sitting here do the same thing. Um, well, except for Craig. Craig's out there selling banners and signs. So if you need a, uh, <laughs> you need a banner or sign, um, I need you to look up. Mr. Craig Hallmark, he does a great job. Little plug for you there. Sorry. Uh, but 
you know, I mean, we, we all have a pet, you know, even though it's signs and banners, it's still a passion in the sport of cheer. You know, are we a sport? I don't know. We got a lot of things to, we got a lot of things to iron out before I will agree to saying that we are a sport. There we go. Okay. So <clears throat> sorry, that was long. Let me hop real, real quick. No, no, you're good. Um, Craig, anything you want to say back to that? Anything you want to respond to? Um, I, I agree that, um, the lack of education, I, I mentioned that before, the lack of education across the industry is a, is a big problem. Um, as AccuScore, I feel like that I, and I've said this for 10 plus years, I feel like every weekend I am running a coaches conference in AccuScore and I am educating coaches on what an elite skill is or what percentage of team means and um, mm-hmm. things like that, because there are so many people in the industry that it is a hobby or it is a um, part-time gig for them. And they don't have the same passion to study it as much as all of us have. I mean, we've all dedicated our lives to cheerleading, you know, like that's all I've, that's what I've done, you know? Um, so there's not the same um, information. The information's out there for everyone, but everyone hasn't taken the time to learn and to um, fully embrace all the education that's out there and all the knowledge that's out there for them. And so every week it is telling coaches the information that that they should have known before they ever got there. Um, And I get that, that Shay's like, get it right, get it right. To me, getting the placement right is what the point of the event is. Um, The score can fluctuate. And I, I personally, I just feel like that we, we have a long way to go. Um, for sure. We've came a long way over the years, but we still have a long way to go. And and it, we can't compare it to other sports or other activities or whatever you want to do because it, we are such a unique thing that we don't, we don't, we're not parallel with anything else, that we are such a unique niche sport that it is just, it's very different. So you can say we're, we're, ice skating. Well, there's one person out there. You can say we are gymnastics. Well, there's one person with multiple judges out. There. We're not. We have But NCA, NCATA does. They do. They do. How how big is Wisconsin though? Has that has that grown very well? Is that is that's not a thriving That's been around for 10 plus years and I see very little of it compared to cheerleading. I mean, I see 5,000 teams a year for cheerleading. Do you know what I mean? No, but I'm just I'm just saying like they have multiple athletes that are competing that are performing skills similar to what we're doing. So my point, I, I agree, we're different, but we're similar. Like that's a similar thing. Why don't we as an industry look to see what they're doing? Well, the reason is because they're in CATA, so they're kind of combating cheerleading. So they're, they're the anti. So it's like there's a sport out there that's doing similar to what we do. They have a code that's way more detailed than what I think. I agree. I don't think we're ready for, I, I only think we need to, I only think that we are ready as an industry to have a code of points for skill difficulty, tumbling sign. I don't think we're ready for us code of points anywhere else in our system. I, I fully agree with that, but yes, I agree. Gymnastics. It's different. Their code is like 800,000 pages, right? You know, like uh, figure skating, 800,000 pages. But what we should be doing is looking at those sports to say, like, okay, how are they preparing? Like, if their book is this thick and our book is this thick and their judges are getting it right more than they're getting it wrong, what are they doing to prepare them? 
you know, why don't we look at that to say, I'm not saying we got to do exactly like that, but if their judges are getting it more right than wrong, maybe we should look at their training process, their payment structure. Like I know a gymnastics judge makes a whole lot more, an elite, an elite gymnastics judge makes a lot more money than a world's table judge. And that, I don't know that that's right. NCATA, they're judging three panels at a time. Do we necessarily want to go that route? I don't know. Have we even looked at it? I don't even think we have. You know, like, and because they're judging three panels at a po- at a time, they're dictated what they can do in those three panels during a during a time frame. So they can't, you know, if they have a pyramid structure over here in these three panels, they can't have a tumbling section going on in in that splits those panels. So you know, again, I know we're different, but they're doing things on a large scale. It exists. It exists in a large scale. So could adapt. I'm sorry, I cut into Craig's time. I apologize. No, 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 you're fine. You're fine. I don't know that that is um, what the industry would allow to happen. I'm not. I'm not familiar with that. I've not been to one of those events. But the amount of teams that we are pushing through in a day, and that's what the industry is—a private industry. I mean, lucrative. The cost of it is exorbitant. I mean, it is like it's a lucrative industry. The amount of teams that we push through in a day, I don't know that we can model that. The same judging panel. Does that make sense? I don't. I don't know how they go. I've been, I've been to stunt events, which are similar but different, and there's not. I say similar but different, but it's similar, and that there are a few teams at an event every day. There's not. No, it's definitely it's definitely a different scale. And again, I. I agree. It's different. All I'm saying is let's look at what they're doing. Let's what could be adapted. I don't know. I, 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 I support NCATA because they're an official sport through the NCAA and they're at their treat. Their kids are treated like athletes as opposed to in the marketing department. I also support college cheer, but I don't support stunt because it was created basically to, I don't support stunt. Um, internet lasts forever. So, <laughs> I will make sure that I that I refrain there. But all I'm saying is, let's look at what's doing well. And if these things are doing well, they have the. Here's my here is my code of points currently. And I've talked because I've talked about it. Originally, in my brain, every skill had a but. I don't think we can do that. However, what we could do is we could list skills in, and we're currently doing it. We have, like you said, elite elements level appropriate elements, elements. And we could even bucket a fourth if we want to split them up that way. So then take it, let's say I'm looking at Shaquem's level four team, standing tumbling. I'm going to use standing tumbling, Shaquem's level four team as an example. They currently do three top tier elements, three top tier elements with 85% of their team. Okay, that's a big number. It's a lot of elements. That is a max score. If you want to do, you know, if we come down to the two tier and we have 80% that do two tier, that's a three eight. If you want to kind of play in the middle when your percentage, we're already there. We can already say that without, I know Shaquem is a choreographer. Like he wants the freedom to be able to choose which elements. Okay. Whatever element you want to do, as long as it's in this top tier and to the technique point, if you're not up here, then I come down here and I'm doing a, di- a lower percentage of a lower element. So that's where I would see it. You know, like if I'm not doing three elements of 85%, I do two elements of 
to be able to get the same score. Like there's a lot of math involved and to Craig's point, you know, I, I wanted to say that, sorry, I got a lot to say on this topic, so I don't shut up. Jason, tell me to shut up when I need to, <laughs> but you know, the same way that I said, those kids are paying a lot of money, get the, get it right. Judges. I also feel those kids are paying a lot of, a lot of money. They're paying a lot of money, get it right. Coaches. Mm-hmm. And then, this is kind of where the backlash on certain gyms go. Like, I, I feel like my staff are elite professionals when it comes to the way they conduct themselves, the way they're studying the score sheet. Like, that's their job. And if they don't show up and do their job well, it reflects. And if those, if I, and if I'm in a division against somebody that's not taking it serious, it's not my fault that someone else didn't take it serious. And it's mm-hmm. unfortunate that my athletes and their athletes paid the same money. And that's, yeah. that's tough, man. That's really tough. And Craig, I commend you for going in there and trying to help these people. But like you said, the information is available. It's out there. If you're not taking it serious, that's okay. I mean, we have coaches in our gym that are not coaching world's teams, elite level teams. We have some coaches in our gym that just work with novice teams or that just teach a class or that just work with, you know, uh, uh, you know, another team we got, I have some really great novice coaches. So if you're listening, Shay loves our novice coaches as much as I love our elite world's coaches. But you know, when these kids are paying a lot of money to go to an event and they go travel out of state and parents are paying for the tuition of the gym, they're paying for the music, they're paying for choreography they paid the entry level fee for the event. They paid for a hotel. They paid for travel. You know, that's a thousand dollar weekend easily. You know, I feel like their coaches should be held just as responsible as the judges. But right now, the coaches and judges were both guessing. Yeah. Sorry. A lot of, a lot no, of you're good. Also, um, on that note, a lot of it is the lack of education for judges and for coaches. Um, but even judges as a whole, as a pool of judges, I feel like there's not a huge um, opportunity to get a lot of education on it. And with the event producers, they want to make the most money possible. So they're not paying a great amount of money for all these judges all the time. Those judges then don't want to judge very often. They're not diving into it like the coach does. Um, I mean, often a coach will get paid more for the weekend than a judge would. And that's not, um, it's unfortunate, it's it's unfortunate, but with that, the ones of us that are doing it for the reasons of, we want to be educating. We want to make sure that we're getting it right. We want to be out there. It's, it's not the same for every judge that's out there and, um, or they're asked to fly out on a Friday morning and be somewhere. I mean, I I was talking to a friend last week. She left her house at three 30 in the morning to go catch a flight, to go judge on Saturday, you know? but she left Friday morning at 3.30 a.m. because that's when they booked her flight. So to, to take up all of that time, those judges are not, some of them are in it for the right reasons. They're, they're in it for the right reasons. It's not financial, but at the same time, financially, it's got to be worth it to them to be away from their families or to be away from all that stuff. And so um, that's where some of the hiccup is at. But, but to, to throw a code of points on top of all of the stuff that they're doing now and for someone to spend the time or the, the event producers to spend the resources is a challenge um, to educate enough people to be knowledgeable in it, to get it right, to get the, the exact score right. If you're wanting it yeah. to be a 3-7 every single weekend or a 3-8 every single weekend. 
Um, that's a huge challenge that I just don't know is practical. Um, it's not practical to me in short term. It's practical long term. Um, and we've got to start it at some point to get the ball rolling if that's what we're going to move to. I just don't see the event producers putting the money out there to do that currently. And the judges are not going to um, pay to do it themselves when they're not getting paid that well to, to cover that expense. Does that make sense? Loud and clear. Shaquem, I need, I need to hear from you, man. What are your thoughts? Yes. I know you're sitting there patiently waiting. So many thoughts. Um, I think that, wow, I guess I'll just go backwards. I think that, you know, it's, it's fine to think of, I mean, as a judge or as someone who has judged, uh, there's a reason I don't. <laughs> and it's pretty much a lot of what Shay and Craig have already said. I don't think that um, it is really at a point where we can have a choice about the training, the accountability um, for the judges or the coaches anymore. We're seeing the industry develop into different um, spaces, right? Or tiers. We're seeing different um, event producers kind of be market and segment to different types of uh, customer. And so in my opinion, you know, for the, like, like Shay said, there are coaches that are in it for some fun. You know, they're giving their, their athletes a fun thing to do. And uh, it just happens to be cheerleading. And then there's coaches that are in it for life that are looking for 100%, uh, not even 100%, but just looking for, the same level of attention that they give the sport from the event producers. Right. Um, and I think that when you're looking at those different kind of areas pop up, in my opinion, you know, if we're talking about being the best of the best, so all-star worlds or summit or um, worlds or IASF, IASF uh, like those end of your competitions that most people want to go to and ha probably have the best competition at them. In my opinion, you know, a zoom, a weekly zoom for judges and that's an hour long that they all get paid for uh, to make sure that everyone is on the same page in that event producer company or whatnot. Like to me, that's a solution that's not code of points, um, but that needs to happen either way. Right. Uh, something, something like that, if that makes sense. Or for coaches right now, what do we have? We have a, um, a test that you take that. I mean, the internet, internet lives forever, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't study so much for my cheerleading tests that I took for USASF and it wasn't really that difficult for me. And that was eight years ago when I was like, I mean, I'd already been in it for seven years then, but my point is it's not, it's not enough, right. To protect kids from danger. It's not enough to protect, um, really the, the sport, um, and its quality, right in certain spaces. So I think if we're looking at accountability and training, you know, let's, let's do that. Like this, the internet's virtual now. I mean, every, it's been virtual, but everything like we're here, um, you know, and we're here cause we love the sport. And if you want to be in certain spaces, I think that sometimes you have to make, make that hour sacrifice or have some type of a requirement, right? Like right now we have a requirement. It's super lax. So we, we want all of this, um, but then how much are we willing to like mandate Yeah, from the top down? It's kind of how I think about that one point. So you, you bring this up. So I want to, I want to hop on, on there and I, I'll, I'll say this. I'm the internet's going to be against me. 
everyone's going to be against me on this. I feel like I'm the only person. I actually really enjoy the varsity score sheet. Um, don't kill me, guys. Don't kill me in the comments. I actually really enjoy the varsity score sheet. I think it does a good job of, for the most part, telling me what I need to do, especially I think the drivers has been one of the best things on the score sheet. Again, and anyone can disagree with me, but I think the drivers has been one of the best things on the score sheet to let me know exactly what I did wrong um, and what things we need to attack. Now, obviously, I think some things could be adjusted here and there, but in general, I think that um, the, the varsity score sheet does a good job at placing teams where they need. I, I don't feel like we get as much feedback as we used to before the drivers. I feel like we used to get a lot of like more feedback back in the day. And now I just feel like it just says your ankles are apart. And so you lost two tenths, right? Um, but I actually think the varsity score sheet is okay with some room to grow. So Craig, I'll throw it to you since uh, Shaquem already kind of touched on it. Um, with the current score, sheet, if you're not for code of points right now, what do you think can be adjusted with the current score sheet and current, current score systems that would, um, be the next step for us in the industry. I think that the ranges can open up more. I think that there should be a larger um, separation between the scores that are allowed to be given. I think mm -hmm. that would help tremendously. And uh, I think deductions should go back to what they were before this year and should be worth more also because teams that fall should not get very little taken off their score. Um, mm -hmm. If they have a safety violation, legality violation, whatever you want to call it, um, it should be worth more. There are free places for them to send their videos and get okay if they aren't understanding the rule as it is written. So I think that those things should, um, they should be weighted heavier um, when things happen like that at competitions. That way we're putting out safer cheerleading, safer routines. And um, if we miss a skill, we know that that cost us a win. And, mm -hmm. uh, and if the ranges are larger, then the judges can separate bigger, um, they can actually give more difficult skills, higher scores, um, depending on the way they're executed, things like that. That's the biggest thing that I think is, is the, the things that are wrong with the score sheet currently. Um, I, I'm not a fan of this new one that came out this year. I preferred last year's score sheet over this year's score sheet um, because I feel like it gave us a little bit more opportunity to get a, a bigger range. Mm-hmm. That's what I think is wrong with it. Um, I think the judges are doing the best they can with the with the tools that they've been given. And uh, but I think coaches and judges are frustrated with constant change. We feel like we yeah. kind of get it all. We get it figured out. We understand it. The majority of the industry gets it and they get it figured out. And then because of one um, – loose wheel or loud person or something that <laughs> changes. We don't even know why a guy changed. There's not like mm -hmm. a, there's a huge problem. We've got to adjust this. Let's just scratch what we know and change it all up every three yeah. or five years. Like that's just um, wild to me that we do that as an industry when the majority of us are, are feeling very confident and very competent in the way the scoring is being done. Yeah, I, I agree. There's two things that you said that I agree with. And I've talked about it on other uh, episodes before, but that, again, I, I, for the most part, really like the varsity score sheet. I really do. Um, 
I feel like the ranges are tight. I feel like it's hard to create separation between teams. Uh, it's hard to create. It's hard for great teams to separate from good teams and good teams to separate from average teams with how score with how tight the the range is. Because you only you know if if you work all summer long and do the hardest stunt sequence ever, you'll get a perfect four And then the team that does you know that kind of just hits the score sheet will get a. Three eight, right? And so it's real, and you know, so you've worked super hard to create two tenths of separation against that team, right? So, which I guess the doubling, I know someone from Varsity is listening right now, going, "Well, that's why we doubled the score sheet, yeah." And that's why they double it, and that creates more range. Um, and what was the other thing that you said that I agreed with? Um, oh, the changing of the score sheet every year, I, and I think that's one thing. That's another thing that I've talked about. But you know, when you know when the score sheet changes every year, it's super hard to understand the nuances of the score sheet. You know, I remember we went to, we went to American grand this year as our first uh, varsity event. It was our first varsity event and it's back in December. And, you know, we go to a couple one days before that, but then we go to our, our first real big event and against real live, good competition and I realized, oh, this is what the score sheet is about this year. Like it made a lot more sense. And since then, we've made adjustments kind of based on what happened back in December. And potentially, or, you know, every year what happens is we have a whole new, maybe not a whole new score sheet, but adjustments get made. And then we got to kind of relearn and refigure that out, especially as in the same learning curve that we as coaches are on, judges are on that same thing too because they can only understand the score sheet through the process of actually judging teams. So yeah, I, I, I completely agree with uh, definitely those two points. Uh, Shaquem, I'll throw it back over to you and then I have a question for Shay. Yeah. Um, I think like to me, I'm thinking about like, okay, well that's a business opportunity. Like if you're, if we're changing the score sheet every year, um, you know, you can, you can just charge whatever program, in August to send a routine in or even send last year's routine in and we can judge you on that new, on that new score sheet. And you can see what like the effect of it. I like to me, like, I'm like, Oh, I'd, I'd make a business out of that. <laughs> but also on the other hand, that's probably, that's probably just how it should be. Right. Um, like we're, we already pay so much as, as programs that we should already be able to, to not just send one video in that has to be only that stunt group that can only have uh, like one skill in it or this and that, like we should be able to send a whole routine in to these event producers and get an idea before. Um, well, that, I mean, that to me, that would fix so many problems, right? Like, cause people don't just don't want to be shocked in the, the 48 hours that they have to make sure that the six months of work they've had um, for two and a half minutes is not ruined. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Shay's talking about, like you want it to be done right. So like in my head, like, well, preliminary, um, would would fix that, um, whether it's code of points or not. I think that um, when I'm looking at – when I get a schedule for my competition in two weeks and I'm taking my team there and I see three minutes in between each team, whether there's two panels or not, I'm like, how is that going to be right? Three minutes in between each team, meaning like my team starts at 3 o'clock, the other team starts at 3.03, the routine's two and a half minutes. I'm like, why – would anyone think that's okay? And Craig might be able to answer that question, but I mean, you know, when it's, when it's like that, um, if it's time it's is hard money. for me to, oh, yeah. to see. Good yeah. Three Trans- there better be three panels. Buddy I'm saying, <laughs> and then transparency too. Like 
and I see that so many times, but you know, if, if I'm judging you, like I want everyone to know that I, Shaquem Sones judge tumbling on this day. And like, I want to be able to be held accountable as a judge, not just, you know, cause that, there's accountability everywhere else. Our parents are <laughs> messaging me when we get back from competitions, like, Hey, are we adding upgrades? You know? And like, being micromanaged by parents is not something I, I enjoy at all. But everywhere else, there's there's direct accountability for choreographers, for coaches. Um, I think transparency there would be a huge, huge fix. You know, I don't – I think that – like someone put something about, you know, the how and the why. Well, the, if to me, I'm looking at the problems. Like it is about compensation. It is about uh, making sure the right people are in the right place. And I, I do trust – people that are there for the right reasons with the right amount of training and the right amount of time to get it done. Um, the one point I wanted to make about like the danger aspect of it, um, we, we all agree that there's a wide, um, you know, bottom and top of this industry. And I know from choreographing for GHSA for a lot of different years, our Georgia high school um, divisions, there are teams that are in middle school that always want to get the eight in difficulty. We have a code of points in terms of rubric where if you do these skills, you will get the eight. There is no uh, range. You're going to get the highest score if you do those skills. There are a lot of teams that are like, hey, we, we need that difficulty score, and they won't, they won't budge from it. So, you know, we have to give them stuff that's not safe. And I'm like, well, sign these waivers real quick. But, <laughs> um, you know, there, there are a lot of teams like that. And so – Code of points isn't always the safest. Uh, it's fine if you're at the top, if you're average, but when you're at the bottom, it's a a license to uh, mm-hmm. kill. <laughs> it's actually, it's a good, it's good point. And Shay, I want to let you answer, but I want to I want to throw this question at you because I saw this a lot online, and you see it a lot online, and so I want to hear it from from the horse's mouth, Shay. Um, you brought up acro and tumbling and about how they have you know it's a very similar i don't say very similar sport but it you know they're doing skills very similar to what cheerleaders do um they have a they have a code of points and they have judges and seemingly it seems to be okay the big problem that i see or the big issue that i keep seeing people bring up online is well won't we just be having compulsory routines won't all the routines look the same and that is what acro and tumbling is i mean it's literally compulsory routines so no, what's your they're, – they're not – well, I haven't seen – actually, I haven't seen Akron Tumbling in okay, forever. It's not. It's not. They're not – they do their own routines now? There are compulsory events, but then their routines are um, are not the same at all. Well, what about the – so events, we're talking about like – Sorry, just a second. Hold on, two seconds. My phone's about to die. <laughs> get that. Get that charger. Now we cut to a break from our sponsors. I can still hear you. I can still hear you. This is a perfect commercial point, actually. Do you want to go get trained by the best tumbling coaches in the industry? Please go to the Spring Tumbling Coaches Conference held in at Champion Cheer in Dallas, Texas, featuring our very own Shay Crawford. Shameless plug. Shay's upside down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was late. So I owe you guys like a thousand apologies. So I was late. And then my chargers. Okay. I'm charged and I'm here. Okay. There we go. Alrighty. So they still do compulsory events, correct? 
They have events with compulsory elements. Yes. Right. So um, they do have like a standing tuck check, basically. And so yeah. each team is judged on how well they did the standing tuck. But if you look at the routines, they're, you know, you're able to kind of do whatever, you know, they do whatever they want based on the code and then they can drive. So they could do inversion pyramids. They could do two, two, one pyramids. They could stack them. They can do, there's a lot of different variations. So the compulsory thing, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts because I'm not a choreographer and the argument is always with a choreographer and they're like, Oh, it's going to be boring. I'm like, no, it's not like watch vault, watch vault. Okay. It's the most limiting apparatus in gymnastics how many times do we see the same ball the exact same ball very rarely because people are throwing what their strength is and they look at it and they say okay i can throw this really difficult ball and i'm going to get hammered in technique or i'm going to throw this easier vault that i can do better in technique so i'm going to am i going to do an mnr you know your chinko two and a half or am i going to do you know, a double flipping, or am I going to do a souk entry or, you know, there's a bunch of different variations. So what I think, you know, to Craig's point about making a lot of changes and all, I don't think we need to change the system. I think we need to define within the system that we currently have. So if our current system is giving a four, like why? Just tell me why. That's all I want to know. I want to know the judges need to know in standing to, and I think it should be different per level. I don't think the, the requirements in level one should be the same as level six. I mean, the stand, standing tell me requirements is an example. Like level one teams can probably do, you know, like to my three to 85% point, you know, a level one team can probably do four standing tumbling sequences a lot easier than a level six team to do four standing tumbling sequences. So it could be a little different. Level four, there's literally only three, <laughs> three elements you can do. So, you know, I mean, you could do a couple little variations, but, you know, you're limited in skills there anyway. I think, I think level one and six are probably the most difficult in the fact of variable uh, variations that are allowed. You can also, one, two would maybe be next, but three, four, and five, your, vari your variation op options are pretty limited. So all I'm saying is just tell me, tell me why you're giving me the score you're giving me. If you're saying that, I did it because 100% of my team did it, then okay. If you're saying I need 100%, all right. If you're saying 75%, okay. Like, I just want to know. Like, to Craig's point, like, if you're giving me a 3.7 and a 3.7 is the highest, then you look at it and you say, hey, we're giving you the highest score here because you had the most amount of participation, you threw the most variation skills, you had a creative entry, you know, we're talking about not new skills. Like I've got three new level two elements that have never been competed before that I'm doing next year. Mm -hmm. Like brand new. They've never, I've, I've watched every level two video I can find from all over the world and I've never seen them and I'm really excited to give them a shot. But at the same time, I'm like, well, man, maybe I shouldn't even try them yet. Like, I don't know what they're going to do and I'm going to put this new thing out there and it's going to be shot down, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, and to Shaquem's point about, you know, like, these teams shoot for the top. Well, we've already heard that there's people that aren't reading and paying attention anyway. And so right now, what those, what those people are, they're doing it right now. So to not give a code because we're afraid of danger. Have you watched Dave? Have you watched prelims at worlds? Like if you <laughs> haven't watched prelims at worlds, then you don't know what danger and cheerleading is because 
what they're doing, what people are doing now is they're watching the top teams and the, you know, they're watching a, a Stingrays Orange, a TGLC, uh, you know, they're watching these teams on YouTube and then they're going out and they're, you know, at the local park and they're trying this stuff. So they're doing it anyway. They, they well, are. That, and that bid declaration conversation, that's, that's a different one too, but you know, <laughs> we agree there. You know, I mean, so they're doing it at least mm-hmm. give them. And here's what we need to do from the beginning of what's all I said. Oh, you know, here's your difficulty manner. Open up the technique bait. So if we open up to Craig's point. I, Eight hundred thousand percent agree. Open up the ranges, open up the range in difficulty. Double it in technique. Double the deductions in technique. You know what I'm saying? Like hammer teams. That it is not worth it to attempt something that you can't execute flawlessly. And those teams are going to come and they're going to throw the craziest thing and they're going to get hammered in scores. And then when they go to Craig and Aki score, Craig can sit there with the paper and be like, "All right, you see right here, you did this." See all these drivers that you didn't get? This is why you scored here. So you got a four in difficulty, but you got a 1.2 in technique. So Craig now has the, you know, he's in his education stance. Now Craig can say, hey, you know, based on looking at your stunt sequence, I think you could really execute like a 3-6 really well, and you would add two points to your score if you did a 3-6 element. And so now we have that. Now, that doesn't mean the first event, they're not going to come out and throw four, you know, or max or whatever the number is. They're going to come out and they're going to try it. But at least now, Craig, whoever the AccuScore person is, he has that. It's written down. It's not a surprise. And that's what I'm saying is right now we're giving scores. Why? That's all I want to know. If you're giving me a score today, tell me why. And it can be within the current system. So to Craig's point, Judges aren't having to relearn a new system and whatnot. We're just defining what they currently have within the system they're currently comfortable in. So here's a question to to go to that is are it, here's what I see. We get code of points. Because it seems like a lot of people are on board for a code of points. I see a lot of people online who go, yeah, we should have a code of points. And let's and I think it's a good idea to, like you said, uh let's have a code of points for difficulty, double execution, make execution like really what you need to be going after. That way people can balance. Hey, should I really be going for the 4.0 or should I be going for lesser difficulty, but something I can really execute. But what I see happening is they go to that first event, they get hammered, they get the 1.2 or whatever you said, right? They get that, that super low score. And then everyone complains, this is the worst score sheet ever. So my real question is, are are coaches upset about the score, the, the system, or are they just upset about their, their placements and their scores, right? Are they really upset about the system, or are they just upset that they're not getting first place? Because I see a 1.2, and I don't see that going over well with people who were previously getting 3.5s, right? And they're going like, this is a terrible score sheet. So, yeah, but, you know, everyone right take a stab at that. So, to that point, right now, the ju- the event producer that created these systems is genius. They're absolutely a genius. They have the ultimate defense. You're in range. They have the ultimate defense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They go to the coach. I come in. I'm complaining. You're in range. So I have nothing to stand on as a coach. If if that happened, right, if, if Shea goes out there, I throw the most difficulty element, it looks like trash, and I get a 1.2, and I go on – 
a message board and I complain about it, then Craig can go on and say, hey, I was your AccuScore person. Here is what I listed that you did wrong. Because everybody's like, show me the video. And they get on the video, you know, nobody ever does that. But what that's what they should do is like, post right. your video. <laughs> dare I dare you to post your video. Right. I dare you to post your video. You won't do it because anyway. But <laughs> if they did post it, then all those people on, on ASJ would say, okay, well, I see where point two knee bend. I see point one basis feet apart. I see point two in timing. I see the cradle landed inverted. I see, like, we can see this stuff. Whereas right now it's like, ah, you're in range. We're all pretty close. Mm -hmm. it, we're guessing. We're all guessing. And it's, it's completely different. And I, like I said, I think there's, there's, you know, like I said, level four, you got to jump handspring tuck. You can maybe do a variation to tuck ish standing. You know, it's, it, you're pretty limited in what you can do in standing tumbling, you know, but if I sit, if today I look at Shaquem's level, I'm, I'm talking about your level four team. You got great level four teams, you know, but let's look at it at the end of the season. Shaquem's level four team got the highest standing tumbling score. What did they do? What did they do? I don't know. But we have a video and we can look at it and they did three of this element. All right, cool. That's our standard for the next year. I think it's to Craig's point. I think it's going to take with anything. It's going to take a couple years to iron it out. But you start it there. You know, you look and say, let's say Shaquem's team did three, three elite. There's not elite, but three, three level appropriate standing tumbling team tumbling elements with 85% of his team. And we might look at that or whoever looks at that and like, you know what? That's a little much. We, we don't think that should be what it is. So then we look and our code says three elements of 80% of your team or vice versa. We might look at it and say, you know what? We think that's too easy to achieve. So we want four elements with 90%. I, I don't care where it goes. I just care that it's a place and I know how to get the score. Yeah. Well, I um, I actually coach a novice mini one team, right? Um, I'm I've been I've I always coach minis, so I've, I'll have like whatever teams that I work with, and from bottom to top, I love minis till till the end. But um, my mini novice one, you know, in that division, there is no difficulty, right? And so that almost kind of, if you think about setting a five five skill, um, three elites boom, whatever, and, it's, um, and a combination skill that gets you into the top score, right? Novice is similar to that because having no difficulty score is just like having everyone with the same difficulty score if we can all handle it, right? Um, and when we're in that division, we actually – look, everyone – when I read stuff, it's like, oh, choreographers don't want um, a code of points, which maybe a lot of them don't. But if you look at the rubric and score sheet as is – with two creativity sections, routine comp is the widest range out of any section right now, I think, right? It's a, it's a full point that people pretty much use. Um, and dance can get close to that too. But I would, I would say those two sections are probably the biggest range. Performance is probably the smallest range right now. Um, and then everything else is 3.5 to 4.0. But what ends up happening is your, you know, your um, percentage of importance for choreography increases. Because it's it'll be the choreography, the creativity, the routine comp, and the execution, right? And the way it is right now, taking away difficulty or making it standard where everyone can pretty much hit it, that that ends up increasing the purpose of choreography, I think. So I don't I don't 
have like a, a bias against code of points because like the way I see it, it's going to make my job way more important. Right. Um, I think that is something that people are maybe missing. I don't, I, I, agree. Talk I, about it. I don't think that the code of points limits the creativity. Um, I just think the practicality of doing it is the biggest challenge. I don't think it limits creativity. I don't, I don't think that it will. What I've heard is it's going to make everybody say, if I tell you what to get a four, everybody's going to do that. That's what I've heard mm. is the knock against doing a code. Well, if I tell you what to do is difficult, then you're going to do, everybody's going to do that. And I'm like, well, I'm not telling you. Okay. All right. I'll tell you. If you want to get a perfect score in standing tumbling in level six, you have to have squad one to whip doubles. All right. I just told you, I gave you the secret. There, there it is. Do it. No, no, you can't. It's not happening. You know what I'm saying? Like there's some things that, you know, where that goes. And that's kind of what I meant to like level one to level six. I think the, you know, a, a level six standing tumbling element was, is currently a, a three to full from a three to full to a two to double whip double, you know, like the, the, the gap, there's a lot of things you can do in there. So I think that would be level one and level six, I think would be the hardest to do. But like I said, kind of put them in buckets. You got buckets. Where do you want to put elite element level appropriate element or you know super elite elite level appropriate whatever you want to call them you know there's buckets and there's percentages that were already you to craig's point like i've heard that a lot like i don't want the sport to have a brand new system because i i do because i don't like the current one but i don't want to create a new system just to have a new system i only want a new system if it's right you know yeah and to craig's point like how could we use how could we use what we already have and implement something new to help even it out to it to be in the best to where it's not brand new change and it's not mind blowing so I, I agree with Craig like I don't want to overload the system to where it explodes you know what and I've been looking at what is our current system could be adapted and maybe it starts here. And next year it only does this. And then the next year it does this. And then, you know, like, so if, you know, like, like Craig long-term, you know, Jason, like, where do we, where do we, do we want a full-blown code of points in 2023? It's a little tough. That's a little tough. <laughs> but could we start implementing elements in 2023? Yes. Could we implement more in 2024? You know what I'm saying? That's what I believe could happen. Yeah. And we, you know, and we already have a code of points, you know, we have it in jumps and we have it in what baskets and co-eds and, you know, stunt quantity. Right. So, I mean, we already have it in some elements of the score sheet. It, it seems more feasible. My opinion seems more feasible in, in tumbling than it does in stunts. Stunts gets a little tricky for me. Like you mentioned earlier, we all just did that, um, that survey about the score sheet. What is, you know, arrange these in their most difficult, you know, what's the most difficult stunt you can do? What's the most least difficult stunt out of all these, these stunts, right? And I remember doing it. I did it yesterday, actually. And I remember thinking like, oh, this is, it gets tricky, right? You know, because when we talk about inversions, we go, okay, an inversion is the most difficult thing that you can do, right? Or someone would, would argue that. Inversion is the most difficult element you can do. However, 
if we're talking about back handspring, yeah, well, if you think about a back handspring up, you go, yeah, that's the most difficult stunt you can do. But if we're talking about, you know, I'll, I'll use my my level three, right? My two level threes. We have a, a senior level three, and we've done back handspring ups before. Back handspring up to one leg. And we go, oh, I think that's pr- a pretty difficult stunt. My youth three, they're not doing back handspring ups. So we do the little leg up above the head, and then they dip and, and go up. And, you know, it's the cheater inversion. And so do I want is when we talk about coda points, I think that's like a, a issue I would have is that we lump it. How specific does it get? If it just says inversion, then am I really going to get the credit for doing a back handspring up when the rest of the division is doing leg up needles? Now, if it's going to separate those things out, then awesome. And and I think that at least when those things are already, if it's not spelled out inversion, that judges have the opportunity right now to at least say, yeah, you did an inversion, but you didn't do that inversion. You did what is legally deemed as an inversion and it gets you into range, but it's not the most, we're not, you're not fooling anyone. You got into range and we're going to give you credit for getting into range, but you're not going to get a full on back handspring up inversion. Um, again, it seems so that's more feasible. A, that's a perfect argument for a code. That's a perfect argument for a code. Because, only if right? it separates it out though. Because, only yeah, if okay, it separates it out. But you could you could bring that up. That could that could be addressed right now. Yeah. If Shaquem does the one leg and I do the back handspring up and we both score the same, why? Not necessarily. Oh. But I'm just saying not we necessarily. Could. Well, we could. I think no. Well, here's 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 my argument: is that if you ask now, if judges get it wrong, they get it wrong. But when you ask a if you ask the industry, hey, which one of these stunts is more difficult? And we say, and you know, we have one group doing a back handspring up, one doing a leg up inversion. 99% of the industry is going to go, the back handspring up, the true inversion, what we all think of when we think of inversions, that was the more difficult stunt. What I would be afraid of with a code of points is that it's only listed as inversion and therefore they score the same. And it doesn't which separate I, which out. I agree. And then I would present it moving forward. Hey, this needs to be separated. Yeah, then you have a place to separate. And I hear the same thing when it comes to like, what's more difficult, a full up, a traditional full up, a ruby slipper full up. Well, they did a full up. But here's my argument against that. If I found an easier way to do something, then I win. Just like standing tucks. We don't separate standing tumbling from an open standing tuck to a grab standing tuck. Why isn't there a separation? It's the same skill. One is obviously more physically difficult than the other. Why am I not getting different credit if I do squad open tuck versus squad pull tuck or steps into a standing tumbling pass versus no steps? Now, those could be addressed, but right now we don't have a place to address them. You have a very valid point. One is obviously more difficult than the other. And if we had a code that said leg up, 3-3, three, three, back handspring up, 3-5, oh, we got a spot. We actually have leg up is level appropriate back handspring up elite level like we would have a place to put them right now we don't right now we're guessing right now shakim does back handspring up shay does leg up we both score the same we both score the same what's the argument we both did an inversion cool we don't have a place to start from like i said it's gonna take two or three years it's going to i'm nobody's gonna like it everybody's gonna complain blah 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 they're complaining anyway shut up <laughs> You know, they are complaining anyway. Right. With the with the scores being a bigger range, it would help also. 
because just the points that you guys are making on that, the leg up versus the back handspring up could score the same depending on how you're doing that. So if you're doing, for instance, both of you have 18 kids on your team and Shay does three back handsprings up with four bases under it, but Shaquem does six inversions up with one leg, or like with one leg up with two ba one base in a back spot the, with a tight, narrow gap that we get a score in. Like those are both difficult skill sets, 18 kids on the floor, the backhand spring up. If it's one group and one group, we can agree a backhand spring up is way more difficult than a mm -hmm. leg up and invert up. But when we're talking about six stunt groups or three stunt groups with four people under it or one person under it, two people under it, there, there's so many variations that go into the actual score when we're pulled into like, we have to be this range. This is what we can score in. You know, then there's, there's so many different things that happen in that little range and goes through the judge's head of like, not just the actual skill that's performed, but the percentage and the number of people underneath it and the number of people on the floor, it all goes into your difficulty score. Yeah. And that's a hard, that that's what makes it a hard sell. I think right now is there are so many things and how long will it, I mean, it, it wouldn't be something that could be implemented in my opinion. Maybe there's some people who are a lot smarter than me out there who could figure this out right now, but it would be a hard sell to do it in 2023, the upcoming season. Cause like you said, it's another thing that I would want to figure out is what is more difficult. Cause like you said, six of those going up with only, you know, a base, a back spot and a flyer, versus you know the other groups only have you know they have four bases underneath all of them you know that that makes a huge difference the percentage so when does when does the sheer when does quality not quality when does quantity outweigh difficulty right because like, like you said everyone would agree that a straight back handspring up is more difficult than a leg up inversion but when does having six of them with only two people underneath the stunt outweigh outweigh the more you know difficult stunt per se so wouldn't it be wouldn't it be nice to have a system that laid it out and showed you oh it's called a code yeah but of points. yeah but my my problem with that is when does how does code of points figure that out i, I don't know that, that's what i'm saying it's able to set a scale you would that's what a code does it puts it on paper and you can look at it and say we agree with this and you would be able to propose it just like you can propose and again a code of points doesn't exist today, so this is just the way it would operate in Shay's fictitious utopia code of points world. But the way you're able to present, okay, I would like layouts to be legal level three. What do you do? You get three coaches. They agree. You present it. You submit it. And it's evaluated, discussed, and it's, you know, it's either changed, not changed, brought up. So you could say, you know, you and Shaquem think that the back handspring two-foot is not getting enough credit. So you reach out, Shaquem signs on, Craig signs on, Shea signs on. We all support. We think the back handspring up is devalued and should go up. We also think that participation number is too high. Like they're right now it's guessing. I agree. I, I think it's, I don't think there's a perfect science to it, but we would have something written down that you would be able to adjust from. That's what a code of points is. It is a system that sets the value for a skill and, and it's adjustable. It's not, you know, that very rarely is a, you know, the gymnastics is 800 years old. So their cycle is every four years, but 
like to Shaquem's point earlier, like we're a baby sport. I think it would change. Heck, it might even change mid season when they get in there and they're like, Hey guys, we're seeing, we're seeing the quantities. We got these quantities wrong. We think this quantity should be adjusted here. So it's at least it's easy. It's easy. And it's, it gives an exact value versus guessing. Cause the point that you're making right now, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Where does it lie right now? We have no idea. We have no idea. Who gets to set that though is, is part of the issue also. I mean, recently you guys are talking about the surveys that went out. Did judges get that? Are the people that are seeing way more teams than coaches are seeing and actually giving those scores or those sent out to judges to, to do, or just the, the coach that's practicing in the park that didn't make it their career. Are they the ones weighing in on it? Do you know what I mean? Like there's a whole level of, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, where like all that said, is. I'm talking Shay's utopia. I'm right. not, setting up. I'm not an right. event producer. I'm not, again, I'm asking a lot of, that's you know, the practicality side of it that I'm like, in theory, we can say that this is going to be ideal. This is utopia. This is the best. But then we go back to um, the practicality of it and who and what is, how is that all being developed? When I agree. When we've done, I will say this. I mean, go ahead. I'll say this about the surveys. I know this. I know that this did not happen everywhere, but. I did not fill out a survey for levels I don't currently coach. And I told our coaches, hey, guys, if you don't coach that level, don't fill it out. Don't ruin it for the rest of us and, you know, make it, you know, ridiculous for the rest of us. Anyway, um, okay, let's see. Let, let's – anyone – any uh, anything else – anything else anyone wants to add before I ask kind of like my final question? Shaquem, we'll start with you. Sure. Um Man, I just think like when I'm thinking about the system, uh, if if we had two judges judging the same section and they had to average average their scores out, I don't know that I would ever be like, "Nah, both of y'all are wrong." Like, you know, I mean, when we're, and we're talking about structure and how do we fix these problems? Like, to me, code of points is a document that would have to be made living that would increase bureaucracy and time in between making changes and fixes, and I think the harder you make it to, or the more time you put in between, the harder it's going to be to get the right answer. And the more teams are going to be disappointed or screwed for lack of a better word, but, you know, at a competition before it actually gets fixed. You know, I think uh, more, better judging, better coaching, better choreography, having uh, things you have to do in order to be able to even do all three of those things, um, and, and having trainings and having more information getting out from that event producer, because ultimately they're the ones that decide what you're going to get at their competitions. I yeah. think that is a, an easier fix than just saying this structure, because there's unintended consequences to any structure when you, you know, when you're, um, when you're trying to make fixes, if I want people to be on time, I'm not throwing shade. <laughs> if I, I'm not throwing shade. If I want people to be on time, though, at a company, and I say, hey, if you're one minute late, you know, you're going to get docked for the entire hour. Well, now you're going to have people 59 minutes late because they're, they're already getting docked either way. So I just think there's unintended consequences when we just decide on structure to fix things. And I'm a believer in people, so I would say increase training, put more money into it, put more resources into it. There we go. Craig. Um, I, I would agree. 
a lot with what he's just said and that uh, increase energy, time and money into training and make it available for everybody um, on platforms that, that people are on um, would be the biggest fix, whether it's the same structure that we're in and we make minor adjustments to it, or if we go full on code of points um, in the future, whatever we do, like there just has to be a an opportunity that is easier for people to get educated on it. I mean, it's out there, um, but it's it's not super easy for everybody to get all the information, and uh, and so that's that would be the that'd be the biggest thing that needs to happen, um, regardless of if it's code of points or not code of points. There needs to be webinars weekly. There needs to be um, post weekly on how to score better coming from the event producers or coming from judges are actually scoring. There needs to be a Facebook page that is just open to the world to get that information out to everybody or a Twitter account or whatever platform you want to do it on, put it on your website. It doesn't really matter to me, but um, with people trying to keep things closed off to just judges where the coaches don't get it unless you judge also, or unless you know somebody that judges and they can help you out by understanding it. Or if you're a choreographer that judges and so you have access to things, um, that's limiting the knowledge just being spread across everybody. So weekly training, if nothing else, every other week, there needs to be something being pushed out so that everybody can get on the same page. Yeah. Shay. <laughs> Why do I get the down? All right, Shay. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I was Shay. I, I was like, Shay, yeah, hey, here I we go. And no, no, I gotta give you your proper due. Here it is everything they said. to close I, it out. I, I wholeheartedly agree with everything they said. Um, I, you know, I think just because something's hard to implement doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. Like, I care more that it's right than I care if it's hard. You know, like, I get it. I, I completely understand the, you know, implementing things, but if it's right, it's right. Like, yeah, you know, that's the way I feel. And, oh, it's hard to do. I don't care if it's hard to do a standing full is hard to do, but if you want to make this team and you want to be on this level, then this is what our program requires. Then get your butt in the gym and get to work. You know, it's the way I feel, um, you know, to the point of the information's out there. I'm so torn on this. Like, not, I don't even, torn isn't the right word, but I've been on the rules committee. I've spoken at conferences. I've spoken at event producer conferences. I've spoken at governing body conferences. I've spoken at our gym. I've gone to other gyms. People aren't going, you know? And there's there's an excuse. Every Everybody's got an excuse of what? I mean, the information is there. There's also excuses everywhere. There's an excuse everywhere. Whether it's your work with a middle school, rec team, all-star, elite, prep, novice, like the information's out there. Created, we could create a TikTok, a Twitter, a Facebook. We could send daily emails. We could send hourly webinars, Zoom meetings. We could put people in your gym and have the information, and there's still going to be an excuse of why they didn't get it. You know, so at some point, like, you know, like the excuses run out. You know, like. If the information's provided, like, is it a priority to you or is it not? If it's not a priority, you're going to find, I, I do not like doing laundry. So you know what? The shirt's got a wrinkle in it. So who's responsible for Shay wearing a wrinkled shirt on Mr. Jason's podcast? Do I get to sit here and blame, 
you know, my washing machine, my dryer, the laundromat down the street. No, I had every opportunity available. I just didn't do it. So I'm sorry, Jason, you got a wrinkled shirt on your podcast. <laughs> I still love you. You know, like it's, it, I don't have anybody to blame, but me, like sometimes the accountability is on the coach, the gym owner, the, that, you know, and again, I'm not disagreeing. I don't think that we don't need to provide more information. I also think that a lot of people need to take responsibility and say, you know what? I can do better at getting the information that's out there. And then when you reach out to Craig, you know, if Craig's at my AccuScore and I can go to Craig and say, hey, man, I was on this website. I was on this website. I listened to this podcast. I was reading this email and I still couldn't, couldn't find that information. Then Craig says, you know what? We need to provide this information on our email, on our resource. Like we can create a rules tick. I'm on the rules committee. I years ago, Debbie Love, Shay, Fred Henson, Andre Carter, we literally had every skill imaginable broken down three different ways and every entry, how to make it legal. People were like, oh, if we only had videos, there is a library of videos of based on the rules that people, it's there. It's simple to find. They don't do it. So we spent hundreds of hours creating a resource that nobody's using. And we mm -hmm. told everybody it. We sent, we created a Twitter. We created an email. We created a website. We put all this information out there. We made it user-friendly. We had links. As involved in the industry as I am, I had no idea you did that. I used it. Thank <laughs> you. I mean, I'm one of every USASF conference for. I know you have. I know you have. Every, I mean, I went when they had them all over the region. I went for four years to all four. And I saw you at every one of them. I know, and I had no idea you guys did that. It was never. I mean, I sold my gym in 2017, so I didn't get all the emails for all star updates after 2017. But, I mean, I no no idea that you guys did that. I don't know where it is now. <laughs> I know I'm just saying that. And I'm like, oh crap! I don't know where it is. I could reach out to Andre and find out where it is. But you know, I mean, that, and, and maybe to that point, maybe they could have done a better job. I was not part of the marketing of that, but I just I say that to say, like, information exists. Craig, I know you are a you are a huge resource, and I've told people I'm like, oh, have you talked to Craig? No. I'm like, you have his number? Yeah. You got his email? Yeah. I'm like then whose fault is it? You know, is it Craig's fault that he's not driving in your driveway saying, Hey, I'm here to talk about the score. No, like right, right. open your mouth. Yeah. Open your I'm mouth. not like salaried from anybody. It's just, you no, know, like, exactly. I work independently weekend to weekend. I know you do. I know, no, no, no. I know you do, but that's what I'm saying. The resources exist and people are trying to say, Oh, it's not easy. It's not, it's not accessible enough. Well, what else? Do, what, what, like to your point, what do we, I think we need to create a TikTok. I'm not even kidding. We need one of these kids that's got an 800,000, you know, one of these raw, one of those things, like they need to create a TikTok. And then, then people actually, the only people that would listen would be all the kids on the team, but Hey, at least we're getting the information out somewhere. So they would know the rules. They, they know the score. They are. They already know more than I do. So <laughs> <that>. right. <laughs> All right, so here we go. I know we could talk about this stuff all day, but I feel right, like this is a good uh, place. Fault. No, 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 we're good because I could talk scores all day long. But you know, people got things to do. They're 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 riding down their their commute to work. So um, let's let's end with this real quick. Um, I just want to give everyone opportunity to um, 
to plug anything they've got going on. So I know you guys all do side stuff in the industry. So if people want to either follow you or you want to say, hey, I got this going on. I do choreography. You want to reach out to me. So I'll just start with Shay. So anything you want to plug right now that you got going on, how people can contact you and, and reach you? Uh, yeah. Um, again, my Shay, I'm at Brandon All-Stars. Um, I'm the tumbling director there. Uh, we offer camps and clinics, BA Technique Camps Clinics. Uh, feel free to shoot me an email, Shay, S-H-E-A, at BrandonAllStars.com, and I'm happy to help you with any and everything. I'm also speaking at uh, the spring conference that you mentioned earlier. I'm also speaking at VarsityU in July. I think I'm going to the USASF conference in June, possibly for a day or two. I'm trying, but I don't know. Um, and I'm, like I said, we're doing BA technique camp, so we'd love to have you. Like to, we do stunts, baskets, pyramids, tumbling, jumps, dance, whatever you need. We're a one-stop shop, so we'd love to have you. Love to have us out. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Uh, again, thank you, Jason, for having me. Craig, Shaquem, I want you to both know that I have the ultimate respect for you both. So uh, thanks again. There we go. And those BA Technique camps, do you guys go to the gym or they, they yes. come to Brandon? Okay, you uh, go. Yes, we go to the, uh, I'm glad you said that. We go to the gyms. Uh, we also are hosting our first ever – not our first ever. It's the first time in like 10 years. But we're doing a hands-on clinic May 3rd, which is a Tuesday after a major end-of-season event. This is the first one we're doing uh, in hopes of doing more. Uh, we're looking to, to maybe host a few more in the future, but it'll be two and a half hours. I will be going over stunning or tumbling, and my wife and Haley Dixon, my wife coaches Senior Black, and our Mini 2, Junior 4, Junior 2. She coaches our non-tumbling team that, were, that won last year. She's pretty awesome. And Haley Dixon, who was on that team and is coaches multiple teams in our gym, they're both incredible female technique stunt technicians i'm trying to get kyle to come in too he's kind of the the brains of the stunt stuff at brandon all-stars he's amazing and then jocelyn who is our owner will be having an owner's chat from 12 30 to 1 30 so uh tuesday may 3rd we will be having that i'm hoping it blows up so that my boss lady jocelyn says this is amazing let's do more so that is the yes. goal of this one i uh, got some good people i've always said like you know speaking of conferences i'm like if i had my kids in my gym with my stuff they're like spoke my language and i knew where to go i feel like i could get through a whole lot more so uh that's kind of the premise of this there we go good stuff craig what you got going on um i have my jeff and craig camps this summer we work with about 70 high school teams in oklahoma and uh do big resort camps here and then i also have my five six seven eight solutions business that shay mentioned earlier uh, backdrops school signs flags banners end of the year award banners, all that stuff with that company, all the printing stuff. So uh, those are the two main things that I got going on this summer. I'm going to be speaking, hopefully speaking again at the CDIP cheer and dance industry professionals conference. Um, I did a judges training there last year and uh, spoke to coaches and stuff. I normally have a, my vendor booth there for my five, six, seven, eight solutions. So I double duty while I'm at those conferences. There we go. So if uh, people want to get in, if people want to contact you, how do they do that? Um, Craig at 5678solutions.com. There we go. Craig, 5678solutions.com. Shakim, what you got going on? How can people contact yes. you if they want to inquire about your services? So I work with uh, Dream Choreo. Our uh, website is www.dreamchoreo.com. And our Twitter handles are or Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Dream Choreo. So super easy to find. Uh, 
right now we're kind of in routine review season um, and just prepping up, booking for choreography this this summer um, and September, October, November. Um, I'm probably looking to speak at the spring conference in Canada. I spoke at the last year's um, and had a, a good a good session there, and that was fun. So I'm hoping to go to Canada in September or yeah, in September. Um, and I think my other plugs would be you know, let's talk cheer, listen to the podcast, yeah. oh, okay, BA <laughs> BA Tech Camps. I mean, you're you're gonna get an awesome product from Shay with the Brandon Tech Camp. So I would I would definitely go for that. And I'm excited to add on five six seven eight solutions too. I didn't didn't know you had all the printing stuff. So oh, he does a great he does a great I'm, job. I'm pumped up for that. There he you helped, go. He's, helped, he's helped several school teams that I work with and like customer service turnaround time was uh, exceeded expectations. So good stuff, people. Hey, we can disagree without being disagreeable. I like that everyone's supporting each <laughs> I'm other. Sorry, I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> no, hey I guys, up, and I guys my phone wasn't charged. I'm not on my computer. <laughs> and, you know, what are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? I man. teach kids to flip. That's what I do. I'm not yeah, man. Man, I had, a, I had a great time. This is this was good. This is fun. We should do it again next year after this. Whoever new scores you were working with next year, we'll come back, do it again, and talk about how bad that one is. And we'll, ah, we need to do this. <laughs> Shay, this is all your fault. <laughs> so yeah, if, we uh, get a if you guys, points, you can put all the blame on me. I'll yeah, we don't. <laughs> don't the industry will <laughs> like this I'd, guy. I'd be more than happy to take the heat. More there we go. So. If you guys want to contact me for whatever reason, um, you can DM me on Instagram at Jason Larkins. Um, coaches clinics, uh, stunt camps, video routine reviews. Oh, right now, if you're trying to get ready for Worlds or Summit, send me your, your routine. I'll do a review for it. Um, other than that, guys, so glad to have you guys on. Again, you guys are welcome back anytime you guys ever want to come back as individuals. Um, or again, we can do this again. But thanks for having me and best of luck the rest of the season having me thanks for coming on <laughs> again huge shout out and a huge thank you to our panel today we had craig we had shakim we had shay thank you for your insight your knowledge your experience and coming on the show and just uh blessing the industry with your wisdom you guys were great um until next time guys five six seven eight we're out hey guys i really hope you enjoyed today's show do me a quick favor, hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about this podcast. It's a great way for you to show your support for the channel. I'm your host, Jason Larkins, and you've reached the end of Let's Talk Cheer with Jason. Thanks for listening.